Pursuit of happiness is our topic tonight. Are you happy this evening? How do you feel this evening? Are you happy? I hope all of you are happy to be here tonight, and all of you newcomers, a couple of you newcomers here, uh, it was hard for you to find your way in here. It's hard to find your way in here, I, I must confess. I'm usually there to help you navigate, but I wasn't there tonight. I'm sorry about that. Uh, but uh, we hope that you are glad to be here, and glad to be here now either as students or professional people here in Tubingen. What does it mean for you to be happy? How do you think personally of a happy life? Can you imagine that? Uh, what would you need or wish for to be really happy? How do you personally go about finding and holding on to this happiness that you wish for? These are just a sample of some of the questions that one may ask about this topic, the subject of the pursuit of happiness. Happy, happiness means, of course, different things to different people. C.S. Lewis has likened it to uh, different views of trying to find happiness in this world, different views of trying to find happiness in this world, to different views of people living in the same building. Okay, maybe you live in a student dormitory building and, you know, some of you think it's a hotel. Uh, others, but, but, you know, with time, you think it's a hotel, you think this is great, but with time, you get very disappointed in it in some way. Other people think in the very beginning, it's a prison. But then they get so used to it that after a while, they kind of believe that it's pretty comfortable. Strange, isn't it? Uh, that's just the way we are. <laughs> that is the human condition, okay? Still, it is of utmost importance to all happiness. For many years now, the Harvard University's most popular course has been a class, get this, I, I couldn't believe when I read this, uh, has been a class on how to be happier. Wow, okay. Uh, the tuition that you pay at Harvard University, anybody know how much that is? <laughs> David, do you know? You're probably the closest to it. Is that all? Okay. <laughs> okay, 80000 a year, okay. All right, okay. 80000 U.S. dollars a year, okay. Uh, how to be happier. That's the most important uh, class, uh, most popular class. And so it's also, that topic, though, is also very interesting to us here as students, you know, especially for, uh, I guess, uh, German students where tuition is a lot cheaper than $80,000 a year. I'll just say that, okay? But what do we mean by the pursuit of happiness? Well, we've thought about it. Uh, though people see it in different ways, you could say it's like striving after the goal of happiness with energy and determination, like police, a police car in hot pursuit, chasing after a dangerous criminal in a speedy getaway car. Okay, this is the way, you know, you have to, uh, I told a little illustration of a, a chase, a car chase this morning in, your, in our sermon this morning. You'll have to get the notes for that to find out about that exciting car chase. I like car chases, but I like them on TV or on movie screens, not in my car, okay? <laughs> now, just, say, just saying that. Uh, 
It's like you know, going after a, a police car, going after a dangerous criminal in a speedy getaway par- car, although people also seek happiness over a long period of time as well. Many see people uh, see happiness in terms of achievement. Okay, I am happy because when I have achieved this or that in my academic career or in my work career or, you know, some sports event. Or is happiness simply la vita dolce? Okay, you know where that is? It's an ice cream shop downtown. Okay, if you know what la vita dolce is, then you know what I'm talking about. If you don't know what it is, then, well, just lick an ice cream, okay? (laughs) Some people ask, if I only had this or that, whatever, I would be happy. The pursuit of happiness can, can be restless and can be insecure if you think also, well, what happens if I lose it? When I lose it. Some people also try to balance out their immediate personal needs with some sort of long-term goals. This kind of trying to balance it out in some sort of an attempt to enjoy life more. But what does it all mean? Well, reflecting a little more about it, most people might agree that real happiness is deeper than just a feeling. A feeling, a temporary feeling because of some good circumstances or situation, but that real happiness is contentment, it's satisfaction, it's overall well-being and lasting deep sense of joy. But there's quite a big of a difference between happiness used in the secular, non-Christian sense, maybe at Harvard, and Christian happiness is defined in the Bible as experienced by Christians in their lives. Uh, It starts with a definition, and this video that we just saw has given us already a lot of the definitions about joy and happiness that are found in the Bible. It's given us a lot of the biblical words. And it's connected, you notice, it's connected with it's related to blessedness, to wholeness, to complete well-being, and to peace. The Hebrew word shalom. Uh, both, of, both of these things come from and are a gift from God, a gift of God. Jesus once said, I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. That is, that you may have fulfilled and purposeful life because Jesus gives eternal life. That is why Jesus came to the earth. In the Old Testament, we read this prayer in Psalm 68, verse 3. May the righteous be glad and rejoice before God. May they be happy and joyful. Jesus gives also us uh, what happiness is all about, a little indication of it. It, when, he, when he says uh, about the faithful servant, God's promise to the faithful servant in a parable. The, uh, this faithful servant in Matthew 25 is, is promised this one thing or is, is exhorted to do this. Come and share your master's joy. Notice, being happy, being joyful is when people are in God's presence. When people share his joy, not our own. 
The psalmist David says in Psalm 16, You make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures. Jesus said in John 15, I told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Jesus wants his joy to be in us so that our joy will be complete and fulfilled. That sounds like true happiness to me, doesn't it? The Bible often uses this word blessed or blessed. You remember the, uh, the attitudes that we read in Matthew chapter, uh, Matthew chapter 5? Being blessed means real and lasting happiness, which is result, a result of receiving God's favor and resulting in a complete well-being, complete uh, state of being that is well-being. This pursuit of happiness is, 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 is actually a process of moving from temporary, some temporary happiness to blessedness. In Jesus' Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5, our first Bible reading, Jesus proclaims God's moral and spiritual standards in his kingdom, and he redefines, Jesus redefines what happiness really is. When you, he redefines what true happiness is when you realize that you are being blessed. We become people who are sincere, who are seeking God with all our hearts, we become people who are humble, realizing, as Ace did, as we all do, that we realize that we're realizing our own failures and sinfulness before his holy character. We are learning to be merciful just as God shows his mercy to us. And we bow our knees. The video didn't give you this word for blessed. But blessed, Hebrew word, one of the Hebrew words for blessed is the Hebrew word baruch, baruch ata Adonai, Adoninu nechumcheka. Okay, blessed be the Lord. Blessed means, barach means to take the knee, to bow. We bow our knees, we bow our hearts humbly before God, and he blesses. And he fulfills our lives. Ephesians chapter 1, read early in the Bible reading, the Apostle Paul says that we have every spiritual blessing in Jesus Christ. The Christian pursuit of happiness, or happiness is different because Jesus is different. Pursuit of happiness in the Bible always has to do with the desire and the active search for God to know him and to obey him. The psalmist writes in Psalm 27, verse 8, My heart says of you, seek his face, your face, Lord, I will seek. And it's also a search for truth, which can only be found in the one and only true living God and in Jesus Christ, his son, who claimed to be the way the truth and the life. And it has to do with knowing God. It has to do with pleasing Him. It has to do with enjoying His fellowship, even though we might even suffer for this, just as Jesus did. The Bible says to the person 
who pleases him, God gives him wisdom and knowledge and literally happiness, literally though joy. Later on in Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes chapter 12, King Solomon includes, concludes with these words. Life is all about fearing God and keeping his commandments because God will judge everything. In a Christian confession of one church, it says that man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. So the purpose, the pursuit of, of happiness is about being right with God. But what does that mean? King David writes in Psalm 119, Okay, I could go on and quote the rest of that Psalm 119 verse 2. Ashrei, another Hebrew word for blessed. Blessed are those who keep his statutes and seek him with their, all their heart. They do, not, they do no wrong but follow his ways. Well, that sounds fine and good. You know, that sounds really wonderful. But, you know, from his own experience, David, a man after God's own heart, failed in keeping his commandments and God's laws. David wasn't righteous. David wasn't perfect before God in all his ways. David sinned terribly against other people and against himself, but most of all against God. But God's Spirit worked on David's heart and mind to help him realize this very important truth about happiness. Here it is, Psalm 32. Ashrei, blessed are those whose transgressions, whose sins are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one, Ashrei, blessed is the one whose sin the Lord will never count against him. Psalm 32, 1 and 2. The, the Apostle Paul says that his life isn't about being righteous on his own but that happiness and joy are found through faith in Jesus Christ. Philippians 3, verse 9. Moreover, the Bible says that the purpose of happiness has to do with being and living by faith in God's presence. The Psalms express this and express the longing of King David and others to be with God and to enjoy his presence, often in his holy place in the temple. The David says, one thing I ask from the Lord in Psalm 27, verse 4, one thing I seek, this one thing I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, that I may gaze on the beauty of the Lord and seek him in his temple. And in another place in Psalm 21, he says, surely you have granted him unendless and ending blessings and made him glad with the joy of your presence. Happiness, joy is being in God's presence. Similarly, in the New Testament, happiness is tied with a relationship through, with God, through, with Jesus, through faith. Jesus tells the apostle Thomas, you, Thomas, have seen me. You have believed, but blessed, makarios, Greek word, are ashrei, or baruch, are those people. Those people who 
have not seen and yet have believed. This relationship is more than a physical relationship, something that eyes can see, but it is a spiritual one. We live by faith. The Apostle Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 7, we live by faith and not by sight. That is, happiness can be found in God's presence. And this spiritual but very real presence of God is not dependent upon a specific place or circumstance or situation. But having faith in and trusting in Him and in His Word with all our hearts. Jesus says to the Samaritan woman in John chapter 4, he says, those who worship God truly worship. They bow the knee. They bless Him. Not in a certain fixed place. Only there and nowhere else. But they worship Him in spirit and in truth. So why is the, purpose, why is the pursuit of happiness important? The pursuit of happiness is very important. It's important for every one of you. We all need personal fulfillment and purpose to make our lives worthwhile. We need to have a purpose in life and we need to experience a sense of fulfillment and contentment and satisfaction in this feeling of joy in our hearts. We need these things to get us through life's many ups and downs. Every physician, every medical doctor, every psychiatrist, and every psychologist will tell you that a happy disposition and being content with what we have lead to physical, mental, emotional health and stability. The pursuit of happiness how many of you came tonight because you thought you were going to hear a lecture uh, from an American historian here about the Declaration of Independence? You know who wrote the Declaration of Independence? Anybody know? No, Americans don't tell the answer. You know who, know who wrote it? No, not George Washington. He was not a writer. He was not a real writer. <laughs> who was the brain among the uh, early founding fathers? Well, there are a couple of, well, lots of brains, you know, among those founding fathers. They were all like 10 times more educated than all of your professors in the University of Tübingen. But anyway, I'm just saying. But ever heard of the name? Thomas? Oh, yeah. Okay, she's finding the answer. Okay, Thomas? What's his last name? Jefferson. Thomas Jefferson. All right, is it unalienable rights or uh, inalienable rights? John Adams? <laughs> okay. Unalienable rights. All right, so Jefferson and Adams kind of uh, did that uh, grammar there. Anyway, a little, little grammar note there. The pursuit of happiness is even defined as a fundamental human right. For example, in the Declaration of Independence, July the 4th, 1776, Nobody in 1776 was thinking about life and liberty and the pursuit of happiness. But they were to freely pursue a life in a way that makes you happy just as long as you don't do anything illegal or violate the rights of others. But C.S. Lewis, the Englishman that he is, objects to this, objects, I guess, to the Declaration of Independence. He objects here that we've got no more right to happiness 
that we have the right to being six feet tall or the right to having a father, a millionaire as a father, or the right to getting good weather whenever you want to have a picnic. Okay. Yet the Christian view of happiness is being blessed by God, living in a relationship with Him through Jesus Christ by faith in His Word. And that goes beyond Trusting in yourself. That goes beyond trusting in yourself to be able to balance your life on your own as they try to teach you at Harvard. On your own, you'll never make it to real happiness and joy because by ourselves, we'll never be completely satisfied. John Donne, the famous English writer and poet, wrote, No man is an island. You're not going to reach happiness by yourself. We don't just live for ourselves. The Bible says in Romans chapter 14, verse 7, no, we don't live for ourselves. No man lives for himself. Several years ago, a German billionaire, I don't recall his name, but he owned a pharmaceutical company and he lost several billion euros through some bad business deals and some stock market crashes. But you know, he still had lots of billions left. He had, I think he lost a bit, 1.5 billion, but he still had about 10 or 11 billion left, you know. Not bad, right? I think I could handle that. You know, but feeling like a failure because his happiness was only based on being successful and making money, he lost his desire to live and he took his own life. How tragic. Karen Carpenter had an amazing contralto singing voice, singing very romantic, kind of uh, almost sexy, I want to say, but all of her songs were clean love songs. I love her love songs. I mean, practically every song was a love song. 1960s, early 1970s, where are you, Carpenter fans? Karen Carpenter, yay! Okay, thank you, thank you. You know, uh, great voice, <clears throat> sultry, <laughs> but the pressure to perform perfectly got to her. Though she was very successful, God, the world, she was very unhappy. And over a period of several years, she literally starved herself to death as a bulimic anorexic. Ah, why? What a loss. Because happiness and peace cannot be found in success. Happiness and peace, therefore properly understood, are in God's perfection. God's beauty. Yesterday, we saw these giant leaves. You know, what are those? Maple leaves or something? Or oak leaves? Huge leaves. Colorful leaves. Perfection. Beauty, God's happiness and peace can only be found in God's holiness and not in yourself. So how can you find happiness even in sadness, even in failures? I wish I could have talked to Karen Carpenter. Don't. You can be happy even in failures. Jesus only gives true joy and comfort and peace. 
You remember what we read earlier in the last few verses of the Beatitudes in Matthew chapter 5, verses 10 through 12, where you pay very careful attention. Jesus doesn't talk here about being blessed because of being successful or being blessed because you're in some comfortable situation or circumstance. On the contrary, happiness is being blessed by having a personal relationship with God. The apostles, all 12 of them, though they were all martyred in the end, were still happy. That is, they were filled with joy in the Spirit of God to endure so much hardship. And while he was being stoned to death, the early Christian Stephen, Acts chapter 6, verse 15, look it up. Frozen. <laughs> He had a happy face. He looked like an angel. He was beaming like an angel. The Apostle Paul in Philippians 4 says, exhorts Christians to rejoice in the Lord and to think thoughts that are pure and excellent and praiseworthy. <clears throat> Philippians 4 verse 8. Memorize that. He even gives the, the gold he defines the goal of happiness in verse 7. Happiness is having the peace of God which will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. How could the Apostle Paul do that? It's easy to do maybe if you're in a very good situation, if you're living comfortably. But what if you're not in a good situation? What if you're living under the hardest, most adverse Conditions. We can still rejoice. We can still be happy in the Lord, even as Paul did in prison when he wrote these very words. In the Christian understanding, joy and happiness are intertwined. Whether we know it or not, whether we admit it or not, our spiritual need to have a personal relationship with God has an effect on our overall well-being and our overall health. Augustine, the great church father, admitted to God, God, Lord, you have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless until they rest in you. The French mathematician Blaise Pascal discovered there is a God-shaped vacuum in the heart of each person, and it can never be filled by any created thing. It can only be filled by God. It can only be known through Jesus Christ. C.S. Lewis explains... God designed the human machine to run on himself. He himself is the fuel that our spirits were designed to burn. He himself is the food our spirits were designed to feed on. There is no other. And that is why it's just no good asking God to make us happy in our own way without bothering about believing in him. God cannot give us happiness and peace apart from himself because it's not there. There is no such thing. God who created us wants us to know him personally. He wants us to live our lives according to his goodwill and guidance. But you know, there's something that separates us. There's this barrier. Our sin, our disobedience against God, our, our rebellion against God, our ignorance of God. Our ignorance stands between all of us and God. So there's a separation. 
There is no personal relationship with God. The Bible says that we have all sinned and we're continually falling short of the standard, the glory of God. And the wages and the ultimate result of sin is death. Therefore, we need God's forgiveness. We need a new start in our relationship on a personal level to live in harmony with God, to find true happiness. God is waiting for us to seek Him sincerely. And He promises in Jeremiah 29, verse 13, you will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. But we've got to turn from evil and we have to do good and we have to seek peace and pursue it in order to turn to God and to mean it. Although we deserve death for our failure to live up to God's standard and our sinners in His sight, God has opened to us a new way out through Jesus Christ, His Son. You all know the verse, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world. For anyone who believes in Him, God did not send His Son into this world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. Jesus Christ gives us eternal life in exchange for our eternal death. For our eternal separation from God, the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against him. Jesus claimed to be the only way, the truth, when he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. And dying on the cross, Jesus became the atoning sacrifice the only way, the only sacrifice in place of our sins. And, and not only our sins, but the sins of the whole world. It's not true that there are many ways that lead to heaven. Jesus is the only way. Living with Jesus brings real happiness. And a life reconciled to God and in harmony with Him gives, gives purpose for all that we do and personal fulfillment. We experience His presence we experience His grace. We experience His fellowship at all times so that we are never lonely. We're never afraid of what the future may bring. When we belong to Jesus, we have deep peace in our hearts as Jesus promised. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you peace as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. Before Jesus went to the cross, he comforted his followers with the promise with heaven for he of heaven that he was going to prepare a place for them in his Father's house so that they would be with him. The Bible says that we have spiritual blessings in Jesus Christ. Did you notice the uh, Bible passage that we read early in, in, in Ephesians chapter 1? It says that we are God's blessings because we are being God's children. We have redemption through His blood. We have forgiveness of sins. We have God's grace. So what does it mean to succeed in the pursuit of happiness? We need to seek God and His kingdom. That means we are all called to seek God and His forgiveness because He will have mercy. He will freely pardon. And Jesus says to ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. He who seeks finds. God's kingdom and being right with Him should have priority in our lives. Seek first His kingdom and His righteousness. 
It's not enough to seek. Even if we find, we have to accept God's free gift of forgiveness, eternal life, and a new relationship with Him. The Bible says to all who received Jesus, in John chapter 1, to all who received Him, to those who believed in His name, He gave the right to become the children of God. Jesus calls us today, and He says in the beginning of His ministry, the first things that Jesus said was, The time has come. The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe in the good news. And when we do this, we turn away from sin, we trust in Jesus, we have obtained a righteousness that is by faith. We become and belong to God's kingdom. But we continue to pursue this happiness by continuing to live according to God's standards, continue to trusting in the truths and the blessings that the Apostle Paul explains to us in Ephesians 1. And, and we do this in a practical sense. By taking time to listen to God's Word, to read God's Word daily, to have fellowship with other Christians. Thank God all of you are doing that here tonight. Pursuing the, the happiness found in relationship with Jesus, with Jesus is a lifelong commitment to please God instead of ourselves. Paul writes in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, In view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. You want to be successful in pursuing, pursuing happiness. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test what God's will is. A good, his good and perfect and pleasing will. Pursuing happiness means pursuing righteousness and godliness and faith and love and endurance and gentleness. It means pursuing, pursuing with all those who call upon the name of the Lord out of a pure heart. Paul's always strive to keep his conscience clean before God and men. But we can't do this on our own strength. We're not meant to be. God has given us his Holy Spirit to guide us. Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. You know, and if you're cut off from me, if you're cut off from the rest of the branches, what happens to you? You can't do anything. You can do nothing. It would be wrong, it would be useless to pursue our own happiness without any regard for other people. We live for and we live with others. The Bible teaches us to do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility value, your, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Strive for full restoration with one another. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 13, do not seek your own good, but the good of others. Jesus said in Acts chapter 20, verse 35, amazing, Acts chapter 20, verse 35, Jesus said, these words are not found in Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. They're found in Acts. Acts chapter 20, verse 35. Do you know what Jesus said? Jesus said, we are more blessed when we give than we, when we just receive all the time. In the pursuit of happiness, it's no use to start out well and to finish badly. 
to go off the track at some point along the way. We need to finish well. Imagine, though, pursuing something. Let's say pursuing a university degree. I've seen so many people in the last 32 years here like this. Pursuing a university degree, degree, but never finishing. Never completing the goal of the pursuit. Never fulfilling the reason for the pursuit in the very first place. Paul says he wants to continue the task that Jesus has given him to testify to the good news of God's grace. I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. In all of this, we make it our goal to please Christ. The pursuit of happiness needs to be taken seriously by everybody. We need to all think very often through what it means for us personally to pursue happiness. As we've seen some several examples, uh, happiness and joy are not achievable simply just by actively trying to do, trying whatever we want. If you do this, you might end up kind of with some compulsions, with some compulsion, obsessive compulsive behavior. Happiness is being real in a real life not living some illusion of happiness which is non-existent. Happiness is God's grace and God's gift. Yet on the other hand, happiness is not just sitting there, totally passive, but it involves active thinking, actively reminding ourselves to rejoice in the Lord always to rejoice, to present our petitions to Him, to seek Him, to, be, to rest in Him. And it actively involves in remembering what Jesus has done to save you and to save me in remembering God's promises. Uh, Psalm 103. Does anybody know Psalm 103, verses, verse 3 to 5? Oh, but in him mine is Okay. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy. And forget not all his benefits. We actively remind ourselves by rejoicing, by presenting our needs and positions to the Lord, by trusting in his promise of peace, which guards our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Job. In the Old Testament had everything, everything any person would want to have. Lots of money, lots of possessions, a beautiful wife, beautiful kids, beautiful son-in-laws, beautiful grandkids, a successful business. Maybe he was a very handsome guy, he had a very beautiful wife, nice looking kids, and then he lost it all. Maybe the only thing he didn't lose was his wife. And she said, you know, bless God and die. Bless God and die. You know what that means? It means curse. But in the Hebrew text, literally, it's baruch. It's bless. Bless God and die. But you know, at the end of his life, could he say, I'm happy? There was completion. There was fulfillment in knowing God better. 
there was completion, there was fulfillment, and understand God's purpose to do more in his life than he had imagined. Despite and in the midst of suffering, God shows him his mercy and power. For a Christian who's sincere and earnest in his faith, happiness is found when he's sincerely committed to following and to please, following Jesus, to pleasing God. And it has to do with seeking and obeying God in all sincerity. The psalmist says, Baruch, blessed are those who keep his statutes and seek him with all their hearts. It also means, with God's help, to accept and to be committed to his guidelines for happiness that Jesus set out in the Beatitudes. Having a pure heart, being humble, being spiritually poor before God. Longing for what is right. Being merciful. Being a peacemaker to others. And being willing to be persecuted for being right. For doing what is right. For Jesus' sake. This is not how the world sees. This is not how the world would define happiness. But what the way Jesus lays out qualities that call forth God's blessings and God's favor. For a Christian, the pursuit of happiness can be summed up in Paul's purpose statement. Philippians chapter 1, verse 21. For me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. So that we as Christians, Paul prays, may have the full riches of complete understanding and that we may know the mystery of God, the mystery of Christ in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. This is the goal for Christians. As a whole, knowing God, knowing Jesus Christ. There is true happiness in knowing Him. There's true happiness in even suffering for righteousness' sake because we trust and obey Him. Trusting Jesus, we can be happy though things look bleak and hopeless. Even when we are unsuccessful, we can trust Jesus and have peace in our hearts. The peace of God won't give you all that you want, but it will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The peace of God is the goal of the pursuit of happiness. Amen. Amen. We have that memory verse from Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. And verse 7, on the count of three, we will, uh, we will say this together, recite this together, and we'll repeat it, okay? One, two, three. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. The peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Once more time. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. The peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Philippians 4, 4, and 7. Amen. Thank you.